And I really think that through my work, through the way that I see things visually, I can share an emotion with people. This is the Job Stories Podcast, how people find work that matters. Yeah, hi, Matt. It's great to be here. Um, I'm Matt Porteous. I'm an environmental portrait photographer. I specialize in all sorts of storytelling. I, um, I spend my days photographing for commercial campaigns, uh, commercial clients, and I also photograph a lot of weddings around the world globally, and I spend as much time as possible on my downtime in and around the ocean. And I also run a, um, a company called Ocean Culture Live, which is connecting a global audience of um, ocean storytellers together to help give a voice to the ocean. Love it. So amazing. Um, so I just mentioned briefly offline, but what we want to do um, at Weld Recruiting and just the main goal of this podcast is to foster relationships and celebrate stories. And I love that that's been your goal too, it sounds like, is to really celebrate stories. So leaning into kind of what you do and your career path, um, tell us a little bit about how you kind of got into it. Like what kind of got you started on um, using your giftings to, you know, tell stories? Yeah, how I got into storytelling, I guess it was really from a very young age. I got into photography um, when I was a kid. I used photography as the the means to kind of um, to share how I saw the world. It was it was a passion for me. I wasn't very good at, um, at uh, um, connecting when I was younger, and I think I just used my art form to um, really share how I how I saw the world around me. Mm. Um, over a few years, you know, after I, I I went to school, I didn't do very well at school. I um, I left when I was young. Um, I went ended up going into a, into a building trade. It's the thing that you do. Um, in the island that I'm, that I'm from, in Jersey, you either become a, a builder or you get into finance. And I definitely wasn't the kind of person who was going to go into finance. So <laughs> I moved into building. And at the time, I was just always had my camera in my hand. I used, used to spend all my money um, traveling the world and documenting my journey wherever I went. And I think it's really through that time and the years of, of practice and the years of experimenting and meeting new people that um, really kind of taught me to love um, the work as a photographer and a storyteller. And um, yeah, just, you know, about 10 years ago, after winning a few photography competitions, I started up a career as a full-time photographer. And since then, over the last 10 years, you know, I've, been, I've, I've built a studio. I've built a studio I'm back home in Jersey. And uh, we, do, we work globally around the world now. And I'm surrounded by an amazing team at Studio M. And, and I continue just to surround myself also with, um, like I said before, just with a global community of ocean storytellers really understand the power of, of storytelling, especially in the day that we are living in at the moment and the way to um, share um, stories that can make a difference through, through, um, through film and photography. Matt, why did you, so you said when you were a kid, you, I guess you picked up a camera and just started filming that way. Why did you choose to be a, sto- a storyteller with a camera in your hand? Why didn't you choose to be a storyteller as a journalist writing stories or, um, why'd you pick camera work? Yeah, I think it was, I think 
you know, I think I picked up a camera when I was young. I think it was just it was a way for me to express how I how I saw things. You know, I was never a good writer. Um, I'm not the you know I was I was never great at, ex- at expressing um, how I felt, and I really think that through my work, through the way that I see things visually, I can share an emotion with people. Um, you know, people used to say it when I was younger, and I didn't quite realize that you know what they were saying. I didn't quite understand it. I just knew that I I was capturing what I saw. Um, but I think for a, a single image, you can really kind of you can tell a whole story in a single image, and I think that's one of the one of the probably one of the hardest things as a photographer is to, be able to share a, an image and a feeling that that connects with other people. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, my it was just it was just my my kind of just the thing that I naturally led to. I didn't have any reason for it. I wasn't inspired by anyone. It was just something I was naturally um, led towards was um, storytelling through photography. Have you ever had a <laughs> an image that you were like, wow, this, this image should convey this feeling. And then it gets out there in the public eye and they, they feel a different feeling about it. And how does that make you feel? Do you, are you like kind of offended that somebody would take on a different meaning than maybe what you had intended? <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. I mean, you can, I, I have so many images that mean so much to me and especially in the moment that I'm in, um, I don't always, it's funny, some of, the, some of the images that have the most feeling to me will sometimes not be kind of necessarily seen in the same way by the people, mm. um, especially, you know, if you're talking about what people, how people conceive things on social media and how they see things in social media. Um, sometimes the most simple image can be picked up and have the most interaction, and, but sometimes the image that's taken mm. the longest to get and really means the world to me will maybe be less kind of... Um, picked up on or you know there's, there's less of a feeling from other people but i think yeah i don't really take um any any offense to it or i yeah. just you know i like to share what i what i what i like to share and mm. if people have a good feeling from it then that's great you know that makes me feel happy if people feel like that a lot of the time i'm trying to get positive well most of the time i'm trying to get positive messages out, out mm. there with my work and if people can feel that and they, they can inspire them then i've i feel that my work is done yeah, that's amazing, and I, I I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about um, just just hearing you tell a little bit about your story and and being able to take something that you kind of gradually fell in love with and turned it into your career. Um, and I know in the creative field that can take a lot of courage too, because um, even what Matthew just alluded to, just art can be so subjective. I mean, a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Do you mind to talk a little bit about emotionally what that was like, taking something that you love and you created as this craft and, and truthfully turned it into a career path for you where it was how you were making your money? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's, I think it's hard, you know, when you've, you've got a passion for something, I think it's hard to ever think that it can actually be a business mm-hmm. because you, you think that a passion can only just be something that you enjoy rather than actually something that you can turn into a job and turn into a career and turn into a successful career. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I held back, I held back for a long time because I didn't have confidence um, during my 20 or you know, during my 20s. I, I guess I didn't really have the kind of confidence to say that, yeah, you know, I could, I can be a photographer or, mm-hmm. I can make a career out of this. I didn't even know it could be a career. Mm. You know, you're, 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 um, 
you're put off by certain people, certain people in your family that you know you can't make you can't make a career out of being a photographer. Only the very best can make a career out of being a photographer. But you know, it's 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 there. It's if you've got a passion for something, I think I always you know I always like to say that, and I think a lot of I think a lot more people are realizing it now that if you've truly got the passion for something, it's so much easier to make a career out of it because you enjoy what you do every single day. And that said, I enjoy what I do every single day. Um, and it doesn't feel like work. You know, I have to work long hours. I do crazy hours. I do, uh, you know, work until three o'clock in the morning to get jobs turned around. And um, But it, it it really is because I love it. I really do. Just I love what I do. And, and I think when you love something that much, you put enough hours into it. And if you put enough hours into anything, I think you become uh, successful in what you do. Um, and I think a lot of artists get put off by, um, they, I think a lot of artists don't actually want to um, turn their passion into a career because they think it will take away their, their passion. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think, you know, you can, you can have a passion, you can turn it into a career. And, and if you could be making money out of, you know, certain areas of my work that I can make, um, that I make money in, but I don't necessarily um, love it a hundred percent, but I know that, that work can then afford to pay for my my personal projects. So, yeah, that's how I look at it. What did you say you were doing right out of, I guess, high school or maybe university? What were you doing before you got into photography? Right out of high school, I went into a build. I went into the building career. I was a stonemason. Okay. I had a stonemason landscaping company. Okay. Um, I did that for about four years before I went traveling for um, two years. Um, it was, you know, I, I worked in a trade. It was, um, it was a hard trade. I was never really, I was never really happy in it. Hmm. Um, but it was a trade that I did well in when I, after I came back from traveling for two years and I started up my own, um, I started up my own building company. So when I was about 21, I had, uh, I had about seven guys working for me in the building industry hmm. and, you know, we were doing everything from landscaping to, um, building houses and extensions, um, and you know, it's you know, if a lot of people are looking at that and saying that was a successful career, why would I ever want to let it go? And, right, that's what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that that's it. You know, so why yeah, why would you want to turn down a successful career? I had a partner in the business, and one day I I got a job as a, as a photographer, and two weeks later I just told my partner that I was giving up and I was no, and I was just going at photography full time and. He just he was with me. He just said, "Yeah, you know, go and go and do what you love, and um, and I'm sure it'll work out for you." And it mm-hmm. did. It, it worked out for me. But I definitely had to put. I think because I didn't like my the job that I was in so much, um, I did everything I could to make sure that I would make a successful career out of photography. And again, that comes back into the mode of self motivation and. Um, self-motivation because I didn't have anyone teaching me or I'd never had anyone teaching me. So it's self-motivation, learning, um, and just practice, a lot of practice to, um, to, to get as, um, to a, to get to a confident place in my life where I knew that I could, um, I could walk into pretty much any job and, um, I know I could, I could pull off what I was trying to pull off. And so, when you were, I mean, and I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember feeling um, some emotions when you were trying to decide, am I going to leave this stonemason job and photograph full time? Do you remember what you were going through on the inside? 
remember what I was going through. Um, I remember I, I hated waking up every morning <laughs> to go to work. <laughs> solid reason to leave. That was, uh, no, yeah, that was a solid reason to leave. And I don't know, yeah, I just, I knew that I was in the wrong job. Mm. I knew that it wasn't for me. I knew I was in the wrong place. I was, I had a different outlook than all the guys that I worked with on site. I had a different perspective on life. I saw things differently. And I knew there was just something more for me. Um, but I wasn't, you know, I was, I, you know, I had this passion there, but it, I still wasn't sure how I could make a career out of it. And, but there was something always just niggling away. And I think that that niggle, I truly, you know, I truly understood it once I started out my career, but I knew what that niggle was. And um, I just wasn't in the right place. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are in jobs they don't like and, and they kind of, they're stuck in jobs they don't like. But, um, you know, I guess, um, yeah, I guess, that, I guess that was it. The, the feelings that I had was <laughs> didn't like waking up in the morning and I knew <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't in the right place. But Yeah. So that's, that's where I was at. So I've had just a, crazy first 10 years to my career after college but um it was interesting okay. when, I was, when i was a teacher i um i i was a teacher and everything on the outside looked great i was doing a great job but i just honestly hated going to work um not that i hated the kids <laughs> love the kids <laughs> but, yeah that's it but they're just it just like wasn't it for me i can't describe it in any other way than it it wasn't the thing that I was supposed to. Yeah. Do. Yeah, sure. And we're Did you feel, I mean, go ahead, Matt, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just saying, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I think we go into careers sometimes when we're younger because we're just not, we're just not sure of what we want to do because, you know, I think we're just, I think we're led by certain people, aren't we? A lot of the time when we're younger, Absolutely. we go into a career just because it feels like the right thing to do. I mean, you know, maybe that was with you, with your teaching, were your, you know, was that in your family? Were your, were your parents teachers? Yeah, my parents were teachers. One of my grandparents was a teacher. So like, I just assumed that was what I was supposed to do, yeah. you know, just like. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, so led by your parents. Mm -hmm. So there's so many people in careers that are led by their parents and what they should do. Right. We're seeing it a lot too in this last year. There's so many people changing careers, even well into their just through COVID, right? Either by loss of jobs or employers um, have to lay people off for whatever reason. We're seeing that a lot right now. Uh, just with our business, we deal with a lot of candidates. There's so many folks literally looking for different career paths 20 years in, 10 years in. So, um, that was, I loved hearing that part of your story because it's very relevant to what, what we're trying to touch on. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I think, yeah, especially the last 18 months has probably been the biggest switch in mindsets in history. Because also just, you know, with podcasts like this and with everything that people are watching online and just understanding that you can literally make a career out of anything that, you, that you're interested in. Mm. That, that, that never even used to be talked about. But that's talked about now. You can, you can make a career in anything. If you love, if you've got a, a subject that you love, you can make a career out of it. Absolutely. No, you're, you're, you're spot on. And um, I, truthfully, you've been amazing. This is, uh, we thank you for this conversation. Um, I think this is super helpful for, again, just the, the types of folks we want to kind of reach with this podcast and these conversations. Um, your story, I, I think it's really inspiring, truthfully. Yeah, good. No, thank you very much. Hey, Matt, uh, just a few more questions before we let you go. Yeah. I would love to know about 
so you are the president or CEO of your company um, as it stands uh-huh. right now. And so how is it when you, okay, you're taking pictures and that's great. You're taking pictures, love the product, love what you're putting out to the world. And then you're like, okay, well, I got to have some people. And is there a size of which you're like, I'm not getting ever that big. I want to stay this size or, um, or the other way. Is it that you want to grow as wide and as far as you can and talk about how you're making those decisions? Cause I'm sure people on the other end, people listening to this are like, yeah, that's great. He's really good at photography and I've looked him up and seen his work and that's awesome. But I could never be the president of a company. I could never do that. So just talk about your decision-making process between like, do you hire an extra photographer or an extra social media person or do you stay small and talk about just that decision-making process? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I think I've learned a lot over the last 10 years. I think I always saw a bigger picture. I wanted to, I was, I was Matt Porteous photographer for um, the first few years. And, by yourself? Um, like only by my, but yeah, what I, I, my, the business name was, was Matt Porteous photography. Yeah. And I kind of, I knew a couple of years into it that, you know, I, the first thing I, I found that happened was, um, you know, my, my, I'm strong at taking pictures. That's my, you know, that's my strength. Um, I wasn't so strong at replying to clients and <laughs> keeping up with things and sending invoices and collecting money. Um, that was my weakness. So the first thing that I did after about, um, it's probably about not, uh, first, in the first year, I got somebody, um, I got um, an assistant to come in and help me with all that. Um, so that was that was the first thing. I think straight away having an assistant to deal with the things you're going to get at. That was the biggest, that was the biggest lesson I learned. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing was I was getting, I was starting to get a lot of work, and I was having to turn work down. So then the next thing I wanted to do was bring in another photographer to be able to like cover the jobs that I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the next thing. So then I got a second photographer, an editor, um, and then I had the, and then we had our accounts manager as well. And um, and then for for work, I realised that, you know, if it's just my name all the time, then it's going to be hard for me to, you know, the, the client's going to want you on every single job. But it's better if I can pick and choose, and and I can actually use other photographers to cover work that I can't. It kind of rather than passing it on to other photography agents or other photographers to keep the work within the studio, um, it's good to have a bigger team. Um, and then I rebranded to Studio M. The Studio M um, has then built over the last few years into, um, into a team of um, storytellers. We, we have a team of photographers, filmmakers, and... Um, and also, you know, we also have writers um, and we have uh, social media. We have a social media um, girl as well who looks after our social media. But so I think I, I, I learned pretty early on that to get anywhere, you need to be able to free up your time. So you're not just dealing with all the, the, the churning of the business, it's like dealing with the cogs. You need to be, I need to be at the forefront. I need to be meeting clients. I need to be connecting with clients because I'm good at that. And I need to be on, on bigger shoots. And, and I think the way to excel in, in any business is to, is to have a great team around you. 
Now, I learned a lot of lessons within that time of it's actually really hard to work with other um, creatives mm. because um, I think every creative wants to kind of create their own, um, they want to make their own name for themselves. So, you know, I've, I've, learned, I've learned the hard way about having different um, photographers on my team and having them too close. So mm. now I think I've got a real perfect balance between working with some really great freelancers um, having a really um, strong team that look after the studio, they're able to to work together with me to bring in new work and to create campaigns and and to get some um, and um, just to just to look after my clients. I think that's that's the biggest lesson. So, you know, I'm the creative director of the studio, but I don't um, I certainly don't look at myself as as being um, like a CEO or a boss. I just I just surround myself with a great team, and we all work together in in uh, in a really um, in a really positive way. So yeah, so I think yeah, I guess I guess that's it. Over the over the time, it's um, surround yourself with strong people, create great work, and um, and understand understand my strengths and understand your strengths and, and your weaknesses, and and never try to work on on your weaknesses because you're just gonna end up you're gonna end up <laughs> burning out and just losing 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 your your love and reason that you did it in the first place right now so i i tend to agree with that statement because i don't know there's i've heard the other way that you should always work on your weaknesses and uh, make sure average better but um i also think you could also just hire out your weaknesses <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah. have problems averted yeah. if you can you know? Yeah, it, yeah. I see it as working your strengths. Yeah. You can make your strengths better, then your strengths become a lot stronger rather than trying right. to spend so much time on your weaknesses. Mm. Everyone has a different view on it, though. Everyone has yeah. a different view. Everything, <laughs> you know, works differently for different people. Right. Um, and is Studio M, is that as big as you ever want it to be? Or do you want it to grow? Or do you want to like talk about the growth of that company and if there is any in the future? that you want to have happen. Yeah, I wanted to grow bigger. I wanted to kind of, yeah, I wanted to grow bigger and have Studio M set up and, you know, set up kind of full-time in London and, and maybe some other places. And I was looking to, um, for the for the winter months, moving and having a Studio M and I know someone like Bali or, you know, having a having a more kind of like a creative team that um, on kind of globally, but I've learned that it's, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's like I was saying before, it's hard to manage. I think every, I think all photographers want to create their own name for themselves and it's hard to kind of get them connected to one studio. Mm -hmm. um, so I had, I had big ideas. I had big ideas on, on the way the studio was going to run. Um, but I guess now with, you know, I think, yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think I had crazy big ideas and now I've just kind of taken it back. I've taken it back a bit just to kind of, just to keep less, less stress, I guess, but still just keep the quality. Cause you start losing quality as well. Sometimes when you get too big. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's keep, it's keeping the quality, um, going for the bigger jobs, kind of making sure that we can all deal with them in the team that we have. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like, 
where where we're going where we've gone bigger there recently is um with ocean culture life and that's where we've that's where we're starting to connect to a much bigger audience now we've got we've got a global audience with ocean with a, a global community of storytellers with ocean culture and and i guess that's that's the kind of global platform that we've that we're trying to build at the moment but we've been building over the last few years and so that is a non-profit separate from studio m am i understanding that correctly yeah, it's, it's it is a non it's a non profit. Um, all of all the money that we that's created is going back into storytelling, um, either going back into sponsoring storytellers or going back into actually sponsoring charities. Um, but we just you know we've recently created um, like a clothing line on it as well, and we're trying to make um, you know trying to get a turnover from the clothing line and and also just and donations from businesses and you know we've, we've come up against some struggles with the whole kind of creating a non-profit um just because they can't just because it's a different kind of idea of a non-profit but it really is it really is a kind of an ocean content studio mm. and yeah, and you know that's 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 what we've that's what we're kind of creating, kind of creating an ocean content studio. Then they can help tell stories that can make a difference. And so, do you do you find more, I guess, intrinsic reward as the photographer Matt seeing work done on the ocean front world, or do you see um, as much reward seeing some picture of somebody famous or some cool um scene playing out which do you find is more rewarding to you personally i mean i find it all rewarding you know i get i'm rewarded every every day for my work it's um i love connecting you know i love connecting with people i love meeting new people i love capturing people's portraits uh i love going to weddings and photographing amazing weddings around the world and just being surrounded by that energy that that we find at weddings um but i also just love being connected with other ocean um enthusiasts and ocean ambassadors just to be inspired by what they're doing and to really kind of be able to highlight what they're doing i think it's um you know, I was, I was brought up on an island and I'm surrounded by a, a certain culture, which is the ocean. And, um, you know, that's, that's one, that's my love and, and storytelling is my other love. So I think that's, you know, that's the reason I started ocean culture is to uh, combine both of them. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I certainly get a good sense whether I'm in the ocean or out the ocean, mm-hmm. um, and just, and just capturing people's lives. Where can where can they yeah. connect with you? Yeah. Where can the audience connect with you either um, to get a photo taken or donate to the nonprofit? Where would you like them to go? Oh, so they can yeah, the audience can find us on uh, the studio is Studio M, and um, you know, and we're we're always um, we're always looking for for new talent as well on Studio M. Mm. Um, so yeah, you can find Studio M online, and then also they can connect. They can um, see the work that we're doing in and around the ocean at oceanculturelife.com. No, oceanculture.life. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so connect and reach out on there, and um, yeah, also also inspiring other photographers as well. We you know we launched um, a an online um, photography academy last year. We're probably launching it again at the beginning of next year. 
um, just to inspire other photographers and just to give um, other photographers a kind of um, under the, the understanding of how to how to run a studio um, and some of the struggles that you come up against um, and just letting people know that it's, it's, it's possible for anyone. And you're and you're of the favor of hiring out your weaknesses. <laughs> What's that? I said, and you're of the favor of hiring out your weaknesses, not working on them. That's good. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's what I say. That's I'm teaching that somewhere in the course yeah. as well. Right on. Me too. Love it. <laughs> it's kind of a time management thing too, right? You might as well just get really good at something instead of being like average at a whole bunch of other right. things, right? It's like yeah. master of all trades. Kind of yeah, that's hundred percent. That's something else we've learned over the last eighteen months, isn't it? Time management, time, how best to use time. Totally, because mm. we don't get it back, right? Like, the- no, how not to waste time? Yeah. That's a whole course in itself. Right, <laughs> right. Well, Matt, I, I think that'll do it for us. But again, thank you so much. You're a you're a wonderful energy, and we we really loved hearing your story. We appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much for getting me on here. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. Hey.